This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. U.S. lawmakers reach consensus on Puerto Rico's status bill. European Investment Bank announces new support for COVID-19-impacted St. Lucia businesses. Green Climate Fund Board adopts simplified approval process and programming dialogue for Caribbean. Grenada launch National Cybersecurity Incident Response Team. What is monkeypox and where is it spreading? And Barbados Prime Minister Motley extends congrats to Rihanna on the birth of her son. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, May 20th. We start a report today in Puerto Rico. NBC News reports that members of the U.S. Congress sponsoring competing bills on how to resolve Puerto Rico's territorial status and its relationship to the United States have come together to introduce new legislation combining both. U.S. House Majority Leader Representative Steny Hoyer, Democrat of Maryland, has helped lead a months-long effort to get lawmakers on opposing sides of the Puerto Rico territorial status debate to make some compromises under the newly unveiled draft of the Puerto Rico Status Act. Puerto Rican people do not want to be a colony, and the United States of America doesn't want to be a colonious power. This legislation seeks to address that issue, Hoyer said during a news conference on Thursday. The proposed legislation combines element of the pro-statehood bill introduced by Representative Darren Soto, Democrat of Florida, and Representative Jennifer Gonzalez, Puerto Rico's non-voting member of Congress, and a Republican, alongside Puerto Rico's Self-Determination Act from Representative Alexandria Cortez and Nidia Velasquez, both of New York Democrats. The legislation is centered on the premise that the people of Puerto Rico must decide their future for themselves in a binding and federally sponsored plebiscite with Congress serving as an initiator and facilitator of the process, Horia said. The draft legislation said that the plebiscite to resolve Puerto Rico's political status shall be held on November 5, 2023. St. Lucia Times reports that the European Investment Bank and the St. Lucia Development Bank are partnering to deliver 5 million U.S. dollars in financing for COVID-19 impacted businesses in St. Lucia. The funding will provide micro, small and medium-sized enterprises with short and medium-term loans. The short-term financing would support working capital and liquidity needed for the micro, small and medium-sized enterprises affected by the COVID-19 breakout, while the medium-term financing will help them invest to expand their business thereby creating and sustaining jobs. During the signature event in St. Lucia, the EU and St. Lucia Development Bank signed an agreement for training and consulting services to help promote responsible financing inclusion, to reduce poverty and encourage entrepreneurship, targeting in particular women 
women and youth, training and consulting services, which will benefit St. Lucia Development Bank and its clients, is being paid by the EU grant. Last year, the European Investment Bank Group provided 8.3 billion U.S. dollars of financing to projects in more than 160 countries outside the European Union, including the Caribbean. Underlining its worldwide reach, in January 2022, the European Investment Bank announced an establishment of the EIB Global. It's a new division dedicated to international partnerships and development financing. The Green Climate Fund GCF Board has closed its 32nd meeting held in Antigua and Barbuda. The four-day meeting was the first in-person meeting of the board since the pandemic began. The island state also hosted a technical programming dialogue for the Caribbean organized by GCF on May 19 to 21st on the margins of the meeting, convening national designated authorities and accredited entities to explore regional programming priorities and opportunities. GCF Executive Director Yannick Glamorek thanked Antigua and Barbuda for hosting the 32nd board meeting, which he said was highly productive. Results include the adoption of private sector strategy, enhanced simplified approval process, and green climate fund programming dialogue for the Caribbean. The simplified approval process increases and simplifies climate finance access for small-scale projects in least developed countries, small island developing states, and African states. A new private sector strategy framework was also developed, which will strengthen GCF's engagement with the private sector and help to meet the key strategic objectives. The board made decisions on strategic planning and programming related to the fund's upcoming replenishment, including a discussion on its secondary performance review carried out by the Independent Evaluation Unit. The GCF approved four new climate projects worth 301.5 million U.S. dollars in GCF funding and 1.7 U.S. billion dollars in co-financing. The new projects raises GCF's total portfolio of 10.4 billion U.S. dollars in GCF resources and 39 billion U.S. dollars, including co-financing. The newly approved project details are available on the GCF website. The GCF board also approved re-accreditation of the Caribbean Development Bank based in the Republic of Korea and Conservation International based in the United States. Bahamanews.net reports via Asia News International that Indian President Ram Nath Kovin and Prime Minister of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Ralph Gonzalez, witnessed the signing of agreements between the two countries on Thursday. Both India and St. Vincent and the Grenadines agreed to exchange information on any person or companies, ownership of companies or others alike, held by banks and financial institutions. They signed another agreement on the exchange of information and assistance in the collection of taxes. President Coven is on a four-day visit to St. Vincent and the Grenadines. 
Now Grenada reports that Grenada has added a critical element to its overall information and communication technology ecosystem with the creation of the National Cyber Security Incident Response Team. Prime Minister and Minister for ICT, Dr. Keith Mitchell, launched Grenada's National Cybersecurity Incident Response Team on Thursday during a ceremony at Grenada Trade Center. This team essentially provides a central point for support and advice relevant to cybersecurity. Acknowledging the prevalence of technology in daily life and the reshaping of economies through digital transformation, he said ICT has now become a central pillar in the overall development landscape. Dr. Mitchell, who is also the lead head for science and technology in the CARICOM quasi-cabinet, spoke of government's commitment to ensuring that the proper frameworks are put in place so that our young entrepreneurs can harness the benefits afforded by the digital transformation efforts. Dr. Mitchell said, given these evolving threats in the digital space, online security is a top priority on the resilience agenda. In remarks delivered virtually on Thursday's launch, Jennifer Britton of the CARICOM Secretariat in Guyana underscored the need for ongoing engagement among regional countries on the critical issue of cybersecurity. She said, National Cybersecurity Incident Response Team community can be successful in isolation, just as no country can be secure on its own. The importance of maintaining constant dialogue within and between countries in the context of cyber attacks cannot be underscored, she said. Antigua Newsroom reports that European and American health authorities have identified a number of monkeypox cases in recent days. The report states that it's a surprising outbreak of the disease that rarely appears outside of Africa. In Europe, infections have been reported in Britain, Italy, Portugal, Spain, and Sweden. On Wednesday, U.S. officials reported a case of monkeypox in a man who recently traveled to Canada, where authorities are investigating suspected infections in the Montreal area. Health officials around the world are keeping watch for more cases because, for the first time, the disease appears to be spreading among people who didn't travel to Africa. They stress, however, that the risk to the general population is low. Monkeypox is a virus that originates in wild animals like rodents and primates and occasionally jumps to people. Most human cases have been in Central and West Africa, where the disease is endemic. The incubation period is for about five days to three weeks. Monkeypox can be fatal for up to one in ten people and is thought to be more severe in children. Most people recover within about two to four weeks without needing hospitalization. People exposed to the virus are often given one of several smallpox vaccines, which have been shown to be effective against monkeypox. Antiviral drugs are also being developed. On Thursday, the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control recommended all suspected cases be isolated and that high-risk contacts be offered the smallpox vaccine. 
The World Health Organization estimates that there are thousands of monkeypox infections in about a dozen African countries every year. Most are in Congo, which reports about 6,000 cases annually, and Nigeria, with about 3,000 cases a year. Isolated cases of monkeypox are occasionally spotted outside of Africa, including the United States and Britain. Barbados Prime Minister Mia Motley has extended congratulations to Rihanna and ASAP Rocky on the birth of their son. Motley said, I'm absolutely delighted on behalf of all Barbadians to offer heartfelt congratulations to our newest national hero, the right excellent Robin Rihanna Fenty on the birth of her baby boy. Hers was a pregnancy that captivated the world for the last few months, and it is my sincere view that Rihanna represented well women everywhere. She chose to wear her pregnancy with pride, never once treating it as a sickness or a period of withdrawal. In short, she redefined the worldview on how women should be viewed during pregnancy. Today, Barbadians joined tens of millions across the globe, congratulating Rihanna and Rocky and sharing the joy on the birth of their son. And finally, Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that the committee charged with organizing the inaugural Tobago Carnival from October 28 to 30 has been installed. Some members of the 15-member committee were revealed this week by the Trinidad and Tobago Division of Tourism, Culture, Antiquities, and Transportation. Tourism Secretary Tashia Bura said that she is hopeful that the committee would work to ensure that the island is strategically position for the hosting of a vibrant, promising, and innovative Tobago October Carnival that will become a staple on the island's event calendar. The committee is tasked with executing key objectives, which include conceptualizing the format for the inaugural October Carnival, fostering collaboration and innovation amongst creatives and practitioners in the creative and cultural industries, highlighting and celebrating Tobago's unique heritage, culture, history, and ways of expression, and building and strengthening capacity of the local carnival and entertainment industry. The team's operation will officially begin May 30th and last for six months. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, May 20th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.